Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh, uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, no, 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 no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Everyone. This is Bears Monday. Here comes the clone. Bears need four on third down. Empty spread. Here comes pressure from Clark. They find more. Left at the 40. First down and more. 30. More. Spun down inside the 20. And the Bears are in the Packers red zone. Snap and a play fake to Herbert. Back to throw field. Sets it. Guns it over the middle. Caught. Equinemius St. Brown inside the 30-yard line. And a first down to the Packer 26. Jordan Love takes the snap. Fakes the handoff. Love motioning right. Got to keep. And he's going to run through it. Defend the ball comes out yes. and recovered by Brisker in Bears territory. It was popped out of there. Jordan Love on the turnover. Snap to Love. Looking. Pocket starts to close. They've got a hand on him. And down he goes. A big third down sack. And it's Demarcus Walker. Love takes the final snap as the teams meet. And this will end the ball game. The final ticks of the 2023 season here at the start of 2024. It started with a loss to the Packers in Chicago. It ends with another loss. Here comes the ball. ball. Right here on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000, the Bears lose to the Packers 17-9. And oh God, welcome in to a Bears Monday here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We have Shay, we've got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our telephone number. Lots of breakdown, not just for this game against the Packers, but also the 7-10 and 10 outfit in Lake Forest as they lose to the Packers. But, Cap, before we really get started here, I want to know about... Your time in Green Bay, first time at Lambeau Field, be able to see the Bears and Packers, one of the best and oldest rivalries in sports, now, let alone the National Football League. What was the experience like for you? Look, you're talking to a guy who was raised to despise everything about the Green Bay Packers. I got to be honest, it was an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. They're classy. They're very nice. They're good people. They they know that they have our number. They know they're going to beat our ass all the time. That's 10 straight. Matt LaFleur is 10 and freaking 0 against the Bears. But from the time we got up there to the Tundra Trio, which is the houses right outside the stadium that our company owns, and they have a big tailgate going, it, it's incredible to walking into the stadium and coming up it was much like the first time I walked into Wrigley, and I came up the stairs. I could still remember it. I was a little kid, and I looked out. I was just left of uh, home plate, and I'm like, this place is amazing you with saw- the ivy and the green grass and yeah. all of it. I was going to say, you went, walked in, and it's like, wow, the grass is green. Yeah. Unlike the black and white TV you would watch them on. Correct. <laughs> and so yesterday, I'm with my friend's. My wife, Mindy, and my friends, Mike and Lori, and Mike's filming me as I'm walking in the ramp. And I'm going, all right, here we go. Game on. Uh Let's go. And I look. I'm like, wow, this place is pretty cool. And then you get in there, and it is super cool. And it makes it even harder to stomach 
stay, we stood for the entire experience. Never sat on my seat, ever. Nobody does. They all stand. And if you sit, you're not going to be able to see the game. You're not going to go, excuse me, could you sit in front? No, that's not happening. So we stood. It, the weather was magnificent for January the 7th. And we're not good enough on so many levels. And this is just fact. This is not me being a hater. This is not me coming out with a hot take. This is just fact, having watched this team for 17 games, following every single thing they do from being at training camp to driving back and getting home at midnight last night. We have the fourth best quarterback in the division, assuming Kirk Cousins is still with Minnesota. That's a fact. The best quarterback in the division, and it's not close, is Jordan Love. Jordan Love threw for 4,100 yards and 32 or 33 touchdowns. That kid made a throw yesterday, backpedaling between two defenders for a touchdown. He's a star. Jared Goff, enough said he was the number one overall pick. He took one team to the Super Bowl. He's taking the Lions to the playoffs. He's not great, but he's pretty damn good. And Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Our offensive line was a sieve yesterday. Nate Davis, I saw him hobbling off the field and went, oh, God. And Tevin Jenkins had his worst game as a pro. He was terrible yesterday. Kenny Clark, the game wrecker in the middle, who Yurko has talked glowingly about, is now 15-0 lifetime against the Chicago Bears. He's unblockable in there by our guys. We had Dan Feeney at center. Not good enough. So there is a ton of work to do. Well, Cap, can we get Marvin Harrison and Brock Bowers? Hmm. I never heard of Dontavian Wicks until this year. I never heard of Bo Melton until yesterday. Jaden Reed. They don't have big-time receivers. Their best receiver, arguably, is Christian Watson. He didn't even dress. Their other good back, A.J. Dillon, he didn't even play. Aaron Jones ran it down our freaking throat. Our defense looked like a sieve. There's a big difference when that's Tyler Taylor Heineke or... Um, Brian Hoyer with Josh McDaniels and Sam Howell, Kyler Murray outdoors in cold weather. We are not good enough. We have the fourth best coach in a four-team division. We get the fourth best offensive line. We get the fourth best quarterback. Quit settling for freaking mediocrity in this town and make some moves and fix the goddamn football team. Thank you. Sorry for swearing. Justin Fields was 11 for 16, good for 148 yards, 12 pressures, and sacked five times. Do you know the Packers have won 24 of the last 27 matchups against the Bears? 24 out of the last 27 matchups. That hammer and nail thing we talk about all the time, how the Packers are the hammer and the Bears are the nail, that again reared its ugly head again Sunday at Lambeau Field. The Bears continue to struggle. Do you realize they're going to stay home, Cap, for the, again, the 12th time since 2009? No playoffs. No lights on at Soldier Field. Not playing on the road in a playoff scenario. Once again, the Bears are going to stay home 12th time since 2009. You know what I'm tired of? Here's what I'm tired of. I'm so tired of the Justin Fields victimhood. You know, because he's not a victim. Because I know some like to be able to put him in that position of being a victim. He is not a victim. He, Justin Fields, is one of the reasons why the Bears' offense stinks. 
it's not all on Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator. It's not all on the offensive line and the lack of weapons or the weapons that the Bears do have. It's on Justin Fields as well. Either you can look in the mirror as a Bears fan or you can turn a blind eye to it. The bottom line is the results are the same. The results are that the Bears are staying home again. No playoffs again. And if you're good with that, that's fine. But I'm not good with it as a Bears fan. The idea of having a team is to be able to get in the postseason, do something in the postseason, get to the Super Bowl, and win the Super Bowl. And the idea that Justin Fields is just over here by himself as some victim because the Bears won't supply him with enough talent or the Bears don't have a good offensive line or the Bears don't have a good offensive coordinator is just garbage to me. It's just excuses. All of it is not good enough. You want to carve up the blame pie and just say, this is all Luke Getzey. Fire him. Okay, fire him this morning. Let him be part of the Black Monday. Fire him this morning. No problem. But are you sure that if you just change the offensive coordinator, that Justin Fields will be a better quarterback, that the offense will hum? Let me just give you uh, not necessarily a reason, but an example of how an offensive line can be able to flourish even when you have moving parts. Captain, you know that that Sunday night game, we saw Buffalo against Miami. Miami has not had the same offensive line all season. It has been moving parts all season around Tua. You know where Buffalo, they've had the same offensive line the entire season. So when we talk about, well, the offensive line is the problem, okay, so that means you go to the draft of free agency and get new players. Are you sure Justin Fields would be a better quarterback because of it? You get a new offensive coordinator, are you sure Justin Fields? Because, again, my point is, Cap, is that when you take a look at this team, this Chicago Bears team, in the last three road games, the Vikings, the Browns, and the Packers, you score one touchdown, one touchdown in the last three road games. One. Can I add something to what you just said? My point, I love my, it. My, my point is is that when you blame the offensive coordinator only or the offensive line or Matt Eberflus, what about the guy that with the ball in his hands, the line share of the time? What about that guy? You're correct. There's teams out there that have had like moving parts of the offensive line all season but find a way. You know why? Because they got better systems than the Chicago Bears do. That's my point. So love your passion. Love it. You know I love when you get fired up. The one touchdown you speak of in the last three road games yeah. was a one-yard drive that took, including penalties, eight plays to go one yard. Eight! And you had to throw it to get it in the end zone. Cole Komet, touchdown. One yard. That's what you did in three road games with this guy at quarterback. We are not good enough on so many levels. Boy, the defense looks amazing. Yeah, I saw Aaron Jones just slice and dice. Oh, punt, pinned him deep. Yeah, what did it take him? Two plays or one to go 75 yards on a crosser. See you later. Thanks for coming. Have a good day. Next thing you know, ball's in the end zone. Well, they only gave up 17 points. Jay Moore and I were talking about this before when I walked in. Mm -hmm. They missed a field goal. They effed up the end of the first half till LaFleur broke his headset. So that's six more points. Sure. And they dropped two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know who the best player on the field was yesterday? Mm. Kenny Clark, the big fat run stuffer in the middle, is amazing. You know who I thought was awesome too? Tyreek Stevenson. Sure. Had a, a tremendous game. Tremendous day. Tremendous. There are pieces here to build with. Your head coach isn't good enough. Your quarterback isn't good enough. Your coordinator on the offensive side of the football isn't good enough. Period. Yeah, but the pro- problem is is that, yes, the Bears do have the pieces, but the pieces are fractured, Cap. The pieces are fractured. 
What I mean is, is that you could say, hey, Tyreek Stevens had a great game. Yeah, but what about the offensive line? What about Justin Fields? What about how DJ Moore had a terrific game, but then the next step is just a whole drop down to Cole Komet and EQ St. Brown? All I'm saying is that when I watch upper echelon teams in the NFL, when we look at a game, I'll just give the Sunday night game for example. Josh Allen. Josh Allen has had three turnovers himself. Mm-hmm. He, we already know he's a turnover machine. Yep. But it's the ability to say, okay, I screwed up. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be able to keep us in the ball game. Yeah, I turned it over. Yeah, but you know what? They still found a way to win the football game. That's where the Bears need to be. That if Justin Fields isn't good enough, then the Bears can find themselves in a, in a position to pull the nose up and still win ball games. This team has to be almost perfect to win a football game. Having one touchdown in the last three road games of this season says all you need to know. We tried to give the Bears a benefit of the doubt with their wins against Atlanta and Arizona. So, okay, at least you feel like you have some momentum. In the locker room, as you well know as a coach, it matters, right? No matter who you play, no matter what the one-loss record is on the other side, if you felt like you've won a football game in this league, it is an accomplishment. It's like, oh, and some would say, oh, this is Patsy's. It's in Atlanta. It's just Arizona. Okay, but you thought you had some momentum going into the Green Bay game. But you couldn't overcome Green Bay's mistakes. They'll own your own. And that's where the Bears are. And I don't know how that gets better next year. That's the thing. Even with me being as optimistic as I am about what's next for, uh, for Poles and for Warren, I don't know how that gets better next year. Draft, free agency, anything else. Because if you can't get the quarterback right, it's going to look just like it did this year. Same thing. So if you're Brian Gutekunst, that's the GM of the Packers. GM of the year. Go ahead. He's in the discussion now. The guy down at uh, Casario in Houston did a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Hired D'Amico Ryans, drafted C.J. Stroud, traded a future number one to get Will Anderson, who's a beast from Alabama. Really, really good. Uh, the people in Cleveland kept running in. Five different quarterbacks started a the game. They're going to the playoffs. Really good. If you're Brian Gutekunst, whatever happens in Dallas is gravy because they're the youngest team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The sideshow, known as Aaron Rodgers, he plays for New York now. One more offseason and you get all his money off the books. Sure. He got so much grief when he drafted Jordan Love and traded up, I think, to 27 to grab him. I got to get that guy. Guess what? If I'm him, I slept really good last night. Hey, I got the best quarterback in my division. I got the youngest roster. And I'm going to go add some more weaponry now. Yeah, I'd feel pretty good if I was him. I like our GM here very much. Mm -hmm. The roster is markedly better, but it's not good enough. And if the settlers that run the Bulls are the same group that are running the Chicago Bears, well, we're going to run it back. We're going to have Justin here, and we're going to get more draft picks, and we'll keep Coach Eberflus and Coach Getzi. Then you don't truly care about winning, and I don't want to hear that Kevin Warren's going to change things. Because if you run all this stuff back, it's the same old Bears. Well, I, listen, I have no problem with stability if you can guarantee me that the Bears will be in the playoffs next year. If you can guarantee me that. And I and you know what? That's not a guarantee no matter what they do in the offseason, Cap. Like you, look, Kevin Warren can say, I like the, the progress from three to seven wins. And I know a lot of Bears fans are good with that. Three to seven wins. I'm not good with it because I prefer the playoffs. Just because I predicted seven and ten for the Bears doesn't mean I want to be right. I want to be wrong about it. So it's like, hey, they far exceeded the seven, seven wins. They were a much better football team. But stability, fine. 
But if you're not going to go to the playoffs and you're still in that treadmill of mediocrity, then where are you doing? Then where are you going? It's about trying to be where the Lions are right now. It's about trying to be where the Packers are right now as far as trying to be in the upper echelon of the NFC North, let alone the NFC. And so that's what I'm looking at right now. And by the way, when, when Jay Moore said that there is improvement, you have to look at the three to seven wins and say that's improvement. Yes. But what does that really mean in the long run with this team? That's the whole thing. They have got to upgrade a lot of spots. And number one for me is quarterback. He's not bad. I'm not here denigrating the young man. He's a great person. His teammates adore playing with him. He's got a work ethic. He's a tough guy. Memo to the NFL refs. That was a flagrant, unnecessary roughness. Late hit on the quarterback. How he doesn't ever get a call, it it mystifies me. Mystifies me. But you're just not good enough. Period. You're not. I'm just asking you how many games in this offensive happy league can you play a game and not get into the end zone? How many times you got to, I mean, in this league where referees are helping you and you've got pass interference left and right and there's flags all over the field that slow down the play, how many games can you play where you can't get into the end zone? You're correct. The Minnesota win, everyone's, wow, we got hot. You have four interceptions of Josh Dobbs, who stinks, and you never scored a touchdown. Yesterday, never got in the end zone. I I am done with the Justin Fields victimhood. I couldn't care less what anyone else has to say about it. I'm done with it. There's this whole thing where he's got the ball in his hands, a lion's share of the time. It's like, well, he just doesn't have weapons. He just doesn't have an offensive line. He, He has to be able to lead this offense. He has to do that. This whole thing where it's just like, well, you know, everyone else is at blame except him. He's part of the problem as well. And also Luke Getze is the offensive coordinator. No, he's not the worst offensive coordinator of the National Football League. But what I'm saying is with the weapons that's there, there's got to be other ways to be able to get into the end zone. Uh, it's a bottom line business to me. Do, am I a guy that plays results? You're damn right I do. Because the result is a loss. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I, yeah. I play the results. Yeah. Guess what? They lost. So I have the right to play, play the results. DJ Moore. Very interesting after the game, talking about play calling. Listen very closely to these 21 seconds. I think it's fine. No. Uh, like I said, it just comes down to us being explosive on, on the offensive side. Uh, the, we got the players to do it. We got we got our quarterback to do it. You know, everything else just – we just need to call the plays that put us in position to have explosive down the field or catching runs like, like we did today. So we just got to be an explosive team and, and not a team that's just behind the sticks. What do you think of that? Look – some are saying that's a big shot at Luke Getze. Luke's not, again, I thought Tommy Waddle had the best quote. He's not Bill Walsh. He's not football Satan. So I, was, I was going back and forth with somebody yesterday. He said, boy, if we had Matt LaFleur calling our plays, Justin would look a whole lot different. He runs the same system as Luke Getze. I'm not telling you he's not brighter than Luke Getze. He runs the exact same system as Luke Getze who came from his coaching tree. Then why is the why is the play calling look different? Why because the results are the worst. Because they have Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers back there. They got David Bakhtiari or Elton Jenkins or whoever you want to put on that line. They got Kenny Clark game wrecking in the middle. They've done a wonderful job 
at getting to the youngest roster in the National Football League, and they're going to the playoffs. They are a better organization on every level right now. That's just a fact. And all the fanboys out there that, boy, we can get a good play caller in here. You're not good enough. You're not good enough at the most important position, quarterback. He's a good player. He's not good enough if you want to truly get to where we all want to be. And that's, hey, we're doing the shows at the Super Bowl for a week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all the above. It's the system, the the system and the execution, and it's not equaling touchdowns. I asked you before the show, Cap, could you give me an example of a college basketball team from your days as a college uh, basketball coach or covering it in which no matter who you put on the floor, this, the system works? Because ultimately, when I watched that game yesterday, when I watched Packers football, it's as if Aaron Rodgers is still out there. Now, again, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer, and Jordan Love is just getting his opportunity to start um, this year. But the point is that the system looks the same. The way the, the Packers gashed the defense over and over again, almost seven yards per, per, per clip. 7.24, yeah. I think. Shea was keeping me updated. Thank you, Shea, for doing that throughout the day. 6.1 yards per play, 6.24 yards, 6.7 yards, 7 point, what did you say? 7.24, I think, was where it ended. 7.24, yeah. Yeah, and so I asked you, I said, give me that example of a team that no matter who you put on the floor, the system is still the system and it works. You know what? That's a great question that you ask. When Jay Wright won two national championships at Villanova, mm-hmm. oh, we got this guard. Okay, he's graduated. Oh, we got this freshman from... The Chicago area, Jalen Brunson. Oh, that looks good. Oh, he graduated. Drop another one in there. Like, they just kept winning and winning and winning and winning. It's something like that. They don't get all the five stars like a Duke or Carolina or Kansas. They just keep winning because the system doesn't fail. And I guarantee you, he'll never say it publicly. Matt LaFleur sleeps a lot easier with Jordan Love as his quarterback than he does Aaron Rodgers. You're right about that. He wasn't winning all these rings with Aaron. Great player, top 10 all time. No drama. Yeah. Nobody's deciding, I don't really like the way you're calling the offense, so I'm going to audible out of that and do what I think's right. This kid runs his system, yes. and he runs it beautifully. It becomes drama-free. You don't mind the collaboration because Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Matt LaFleur is a, is a fine play caller. But when it gets murky and it's, it becomes a problem in the locker room, okay, that's why it was time for Aaron Rodgers to move on. And Jordan Love arguably is the best quarterback from a number standpoint in the National Football League in the second half of the season. Correct. That, I mean, look at those numbers. It is what it is. And I, I just, Cap, I'm, I'm just at my wit's end about – you know, how people look at this whole operation with the Chicago Bears. It's everybody. When you fail, it's on everybody. You did not achieve your goal. Whatever Paul's goal was, it wasn't seven wins. He's not a gambler. It wasn't trying to get to the seven, seven and a half. If the goal is to get to the playoffs, and they failed. And so I'm just, I'm not going to stand here and be part of the victimhood of Justin Fields. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not listening to it. Because it's not just, well, you know... If it wasn't for Luke Getzu, if it wasn't for the offensive line, if it wasn't for Ryan Poles, hey man, they lost as a team. They Correct. lost as an organization. My, whole, my bigger point this morning is, is that how does this get better? I, you can give me names all day. You can give me free agency all day. But are you sure that the operation will be better offensively? No. That's the whole thing, that, especially if Justin comes back. That's, you make a lot of good points. That is the most lucid point you've made in your comments here early 
Okay, we got Brock Bowers from Georgia. He's a really good player. Oh, we got Malik Neighbors or Marvin Harris, whoever it is. Really? You're sure that quarterback is going to execute the system at the level of Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, in Kansas City, boy, what's wrong with Mahomes? He's still going to throw for well north of 4,000 yards. 4,000. We've never had one in our franchise. So stop. Just stop. We're not good enough on so many levels. All right. Let's go with some breaking news. Okay. Here on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show, we turn to Shay Norling. Shay? Uh, well, a lot of stuff is coming in right now. Okay, so the commanders have fired uh, Ron Rivera, their head coach. That is official. They've also fired general manager Martin Mayhew. And the Panthers have fired general manager Scott Fitterer. Mm. Okay, so Commanders is open. Chargers is open. Raiders is open, although most believe they're going to give it to Antonio Pierce. And good for him. He deserves that job. But that one's currently open is three. The Panthers' job is open. That's four. Washington. Did I say Washington already? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Chargers. Raiders, Panthers, Commanders is four. What else is open? What am I missing? There's at least four and a GM job open. There's some interims that still need to be filled, including in Las Vegas. Yeah, I said that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they're going to continue opening, I would think, over the next few days. Do the Bears make a move and move on? That is a question that... I think a lot of people want to debate. I wouldn't have a problem if you fired Eberflus. I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he's the devil incarnate. I don't think he's good enough. I, you know, the, Again, the saving grace that he will go to Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren with is saying, look, look at the defense. The defense got better. Okay, yes, but the overall operation is, is on the come, yes, from three wins to seven wins. However, are you sure that the next year, if you keep everybody in place, that the Bears will be a playoff team? That's the question. As we talk to you here on the Cap and J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app, make sure you share and subscribe to the, uh, all the podcasts here on ESPN Chicago, including the Cap and J. Hood Morning Show. Did you see this part of the news, uh, Shay, when you were reporting that? ESPN's Adam Schefter also reporting in connection with Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, their basketball insider. Commander's owner Josh Harris has hired two prominent executives to assist his group in searches for both a new head of football operations and a new head coach and coaching staff. Former Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers and Rick Spielman, the former Viking and Dolphin personnel head who I told you I've had multiple conversations with about Caleb Williams. As uh, top-shelf advisors. Top-shelf yeah. advisors. Bob Myers is a very interesting name. And any time that you have a sport that goes across the aisle, so to speak, uh-huh. say, I know that you are a high-level basketball executive, but you know talent uh, and you know about people. Help me with this process. Okay, can you explain and- something to me? And I'm going to try not to curse here because my blood pressure gets up. So... We get either 89-year-old Ernie Accorsi, yes, 80-year-old Bill Polian, and I'm not denigrating either guy. Mm-hmm. It's just not state-of-the-art. Or we promote Chris Getz from the moribund White Sox farm system to become the head honcho. 
who signed a guy the other day who struck out 51% of the time and hit 175. Mm-hmm. But he's good in the room. Yep. Whatever that means. I, I, I'm just aghast <laughs> at how some teams, okay, I just bought this thing. That's not good enough. I sweep it all out, and I'm going to go get two high-level, successful guys, and they're going to help me put this thing on the right track. And money is no object. Yes. Not in this town, but we're the best sports market in the country. As an owner... And you, it's our hometown. Yeah, no question. As an owner, you have to be able to say, okay, I don't know these football people, but I could find people that have either coached or been an executive at a high level that can help me with the process. Correct. Then ultimately, I'll make the final decision as an owner, but that's two guys for sure that, that you could talk to. Again... For some, this kind of it'll be unusual. Like, oh, you're going to Bob. Bob Myers is a guy that knew when to get out. You know why he's smart? Because he knew that the Warriors would be slipping. Yep. He knew that the whole Draymond Green thing would be too much to handle the whole contract situation. So he got out, and he's an analyst right now at ESPN. I'm sure he'll have to step away for a little bit to handle this process with Washington. But hopefully what you just described, the Ernie Acorsis and Bill Polians, hopefully we can describe it as the old Bears and the old guard. Hopefully. And I think that the Bears are moving forward in a positive way with a Warren and a Poles. I, and I'm, you know, I'm a huge Ryan Poles guy. Mm-hmm. And I, Kevin Warren, you're on the clock, man. Because yep. if you run all this back, quarterback, coach, coordinate, then it's the same old Bears, and they're not telling you they're serious about trying to win. Uh, open head coaching jobs per Albert Breer. Chargers, Commanders, Falcons, forgot them, mm-hmm. Panthers, Raiders. Open GM jobs are three, Chargers, Panthers, Raiders. So Black Monday has begun, and we're talking to you about the Bears and the Bears' loss against the Packers, 17-9. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Shane, let's open the phone lines this morning. Let's talk about this. Can anyone, Fields, Iberflus, Getze, stay next year? Do the Bears need to clean house? What's your overall thoughts now that the Bears' season is over? 7-10 and 10 is the final mark. That's four wins better than they were last year. Can anyone, whether it's the quarterback, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, can, they, can any of those guys? guys stay next year for you and do the bears need to clean house your thoughts on the bears we'll take your phone calls on the home of the bears cap and j hood on espn 1000 here's today's headlines, headlines. with cap and j hood 7 a.m hour brought to you by the comet energy efficiency program okay we got a lot going black monday is here bears are on the clock after a loss in green bay it's official bears pick at one and nine in the first round of the nfl draft in April. GM Scott Fitterer has been fired by the Carolina Panthers. Washington has fired GM Martin Mayhew and head coach Ron Rivera. Atlanta has fired head coach Arthur Smith. And in a bombshell, the Washington Commanders announced Bob Myers, the two-time NBA executive of the year, former Golden State executive, is leaving the TV booth where he works for ESPN He is going to help run the Commanders franchise. Wait till you hear some of his quotes. Tell me if it's at all applicable to owners in this town. Bulls had the weekend off after a win Friday over the Hornets. They're back in action tonight against Charlotte on the road. Bulls six-and-a-half-point favorites. Tip-off at six out east. Bad news over the weekend for the Hawks. Connor Bedard, the injured reserve with a fractured jaw. Nick Foligno, also an injured reserve with a fractured left finger. After he got into a fight defending Bedard. Wonder why no one did that for Justin when he got cheap-shotted yesterday. Right. 
Northwestern beat Michigan State last night, 88-74 in Evanston. And Michigan and Washington for all the marbles in college football tonight. Michigan, a four-and-a-half point favor over the Huskies. Kickoff, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. You'll hear the second half right here on ESPN 1000 after the Black and Abdallah Bears night in Chicago. These guys sit in there. Cap and Jay Hood are back. We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. It's a Bears Monday here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. The Packers defeat the Bears 17-9 and the Bears finish their season 7-10. We had coverage all day here on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000, as we talk to you. 312-332-3776. Can anyone, Fields, Eberflus, Getze, stay next year? Do the Bears need to clean house? That's what we're talking about here this morning on Cap and Jay Hood. I want to read you something quickly, then we can take all these calls because we got a lot of them. This is from Bob Myers, two-time NBA executive of the year. Sylvie's been openly pining for him to come run the Bulls, and he's right. Well, that's not going to happen. He stepped down from Golden State, took a TV job, said, I'll wait for my next adventure. Well, guess what? His adventure is he's going to run the Washington Commanders. I have been fortunate to know new owner Josh Harris for many years, and his commitment to building championship-caliber teams is what drew me here. In my experience, championship infrastructure begins with a strong ownership group that prioritizes culture and invests in attracting the industry's most talented and innovative leaders. In speaking with Josh and his team, it's clear they'll do everything it takes to build out a world-class organization, one that can win on the field and make a positive mark in the community. This is the type of opportunity that really inspires me, and I look forward to contributing to the next chapter of this storied franchise. Do we have one team in town, one, that you would say, boy, they act the same way? No, not at all. Who's the closest, the Cubs? Possibly, yeah. The Cubs, maybe, when they went and got Theo and Jed to come here. Mm -hmm. But that quote right there? That's what every owner should aspire to be. That one and the guy he left working for, Joe Lacob. I'm about championships. That's all I care about. Yeah. All that release told me is that Draymond Green is going to play for Washington. 312-332-ESPN, wow. 332-3776 is our telephone number as we talk to you about the Bears. As we go to the phone lines to talk to you, north side, here's Leo on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Good morning, Leo. Good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. I have a very simple message for Bears fans, specifically who think that we should keep Justin Fields. And the theme of this message is not good enough. One, Justin has thrown for 300 yards once through 40 starts. That's not good enough. He has the 60% completion percentage through those 40 games. Not good enough. Even if you take away his rookie year and you combine his touchdown and turnover numbers from years two and three combined... He averages 22.5 touchdowns and 16 turnovers. That's not good enough. Bears fans need to wake up and realize that no one questions his leadership, his athleticism, and his running ability. But as a passer, his production is not good enough. The data shows that it's just not good enough, and we deserve better as Bears fans. We have never had a quarterback that has amounted to Great success in this city, and we deserve better. I'll hang up and listen to your guys' response. Thank you for taking my call. Leo, thank you very much. 
not much I can respond to because you laid out the, a great case as far as numbers are concerned. Those that are optimistic about Justin Fields' future, can you tell me for sure that the Bears are going to be better just because they have a new offensive coordinator and new players in place? At some point, it's got to be on the quarterback, too, to make plays. More so than just him running all over the yard for first downs. I'm talking about that balance. Very few times this season, we saw that balance of run and pass from Justin. You saw that against um, Atlanta. In the game before this game against the Green Bay Packers, you saw that from time to time. But again, it's just too scattershot and too inconsistent for me at this point in time. Completely agree with you on every level that we are not good enough at the quarterback spot. We are not good enough on the offensive line. We're not good enough defensively. And people that got fooled by, well, we beat the Atlanta Falcons. Stop. Atlanta stinks. They just fired their coach, their quarterback, Terrible. Yeah, they they stink. And what do you? What are the Bears? We pounded them. Yeah, but they, also, the Bears stink. Also, that's the whole thing. Like the, the like, Bears are not good enough. No, no. They have improved their roster over a year. Poles has done, I think, a very very good job. They have to get this right. You cannot settle. Well, we're going to bring everyone back, and we'll draft this guy and that guy. That is not enough. That is not. Enough. Period. South Shore, here's Corey on the Captain J Hood Morning Show. Good morning, Corey. What's up, Hood? What's going on? How are you? What's up? What's, I'm good. What's up, Captain Cap the Hat? What's going on? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. So this is what yeah. I. This is my thing. That's a fight. You get a you get you get you get a quarterback to do what? Throw the ball. Justin mm-hmm. Fields. They every game I watch, like say if he has a good game, he's throwing the ball in the first half. What did they do yesterday? They completely takes the ball out the kid hand. There is no throwing the ball. He has 370 attempts. The quarterback for Carolina threw the ball 500 times. How are you going to know what you guys are going to let the kid throw the ball? Period. Period. You don't want the Bears to run the football? or I mean, they can run the football, but damn, you got a quarterback. Let them throw the ball, too. Wait a minute. Hold on a second now. Yesterday, he was running for... He didn't for throw the his- ball at all in the third quarter. At all. At uh, all. Uh, let me ask you they a question. They took the ball out of his hand the whole second half. On, the, when, you say, when you say they, you're talking about the Packers defense or Luke Getz's offensive coordinator? The play calling. Let me tell you something. My, my brother's a quarterback, and he said – I mean, he's a, a coach, and he's in the, at the high school level. And he just said this yesterday. He said, Luke Getzey runs the same play in different directions. He said, we don't even do this in high school. Okay, let me just say this to you. The big, this nonsense that they only called 16 passing plays, he took five sacks. He dropped back more than 16 times. They now, ran, there's nobody open. So the few times, three times he got sacked, no, no wide receivers are open. I'm watching the game. Do you no, know the All-22 already? Do you, yeah. Do you know how many times I've watched the All-22 like many others, whether it's Tommy Waddle or Olin or guys who really know what they're looking at, and we freeze the tape. I've sat there with these guys. They freeze the tape and go wide open, wide open, and he doesn't throw the football. He's not good enough. Period. But, but would you agree that they, that they took that ball out of that kid's hand in the third quarter? He didn't Be, throw the ball at all. Because in the third they couldn't protect him, Corey. He was well, getting well, well, the well, hell beaten out of him. You got a point there, bro. You do have a point. Well, I mean, there. you saw the game. I mean, I mean yeah, but, but can, can I just say some court? The game is more yeah. than the game is more than Love the third you, quarter. The, the, the game is more than one quarter. It's a four quarter game. Correct. He dropped back 
What was the total? He dropped back. He got sacked five times. Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was pressured twelve times and sacked five times. Correct. In the game yesterday. Correct. And he tries. He's he's a great leader. He's tough. The the one huge call when the game was still in doubt, he slides clearly. Bam. How is that not a flag? I, I mean, it's happened all, his whole career as a quarterback. Now, I don't understand that. Now, let me ask you a question. I just don't get it. And I'll give first credit to John Noach, who follows us. I watched Connor Bedard get drilled at center ice. Yeah. Broke his jaw. He's out indefinitely. I saw, it. I saw eight tenths of a second later Nick Felino in there in a fight. He mm-hmm. broke his thumb. He's now on injured reserve. But he was defending his guy. Period. He dropped the gloves, and the Hawks were pissed that's our guy you don't do that do you see anybody do that for justin nope it wasn't like you were going to cost yourself a playoff berth here how about somebody come right over and blast that guy 15 yards i don't care if they give you 45 yards why did it take two plays for your head coach to go yelling at the ref if i was the head coach i don't care if you kick me out and put me on a bus one way to saskatchewan I'm going on the freaking field, and I'm going to have some speaks with that um, with that referee. What are you doing? That's our quarterback. He slid. You let them blast him again in the upper body. Happens. It's unconscionable. It happens all the time, as if the referee said, well, that's a running back. It's not a running back. It's a quarterback. Correct. And, and the majority of the quarterbacks in this league get that call, but Justin Fields does not. The one so thing ridiculous. I would tell you, Justin does start his slides at times late. Fine, but he's still... But he's sliding when he gives him... How come if you're going to call it a slide yeah. and you move the ball back to where he begins the slide? Because I watched him do it. Yeah. Then how come it's not a penalty when the guy hits him when he's sliding? I don't get it. Just because he's around, he, he runs a lot doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't get those calls. You don't think Lamar Jackson gets those calls? He does. He does. 100%. I mean, I mean, I mean so I just, I, I get so tired of these referees looking at Justin like he's just a running back, just an athlete, not a quarterback. He's like, oh, he can absorb the punishment. He's, you don't see that? He's also, Lamar, light years better than Justin. Light years. You understand the point, though, yes. of, being, of, of, of absorbing contact from a defender. But, That's my point. But when you are a now going to be two-time MVP, you're going to get calls that other guys won't. But Justin never. I can't remember the last time he got a call when he slid. Well, your phone call is coming up. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Can anyone, Fields, Iberflus, or Getsy stay next year? Do the Bears need a clean house? We're talking about it on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. I want to thank both you guys, man, for the great season of Bears information. And I just want to say I appreciate you guys and I love the show. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10 here on ESPN 1000. With you till 10 o'clock, then Mike Greenberg comes in. Carmen Yurko from 12 to 2. Waddle and Sylvie, 2 to 6. Black and Abdallah with uh, Bears Night in Chicago at Fire Brill, Fire Bar and Grill in uh, Crystal Lake, and then we'll have Michigan and Washington, the national championship game right here on the Home for Sports ESPN 1000. Game on. I'm going to just lay on the couch, get a little nap in today, and be ready to go for the national title game. I can't wait! 312-332-3776 is our today. phone number. Yeah, I mean, again, being disingenuous with the audience. How am I being disingenuous? You, you, you couldn't care less about college football or the national championship game. Because you, I already got your script written for tomorrow. It's too long. My God. 
all that nonsense. Oh, too no, many no, commercials. I'm excited for this game. Oh, of course, yeah. I want my Huskies to win. Yeah, you might find the next head coach of the Chicago Bears in that game as we go to Bernard and Memphis, Tennessee, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Good morning, Bernard. Good morning, good morning. How you doing, Hoodie? Hey, how, how you doing, up, man? I always followed you, man. Always been uh, listening to you guys, uh, Cap. Miss you on TV. Appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to just say this, because I was uh, listening to you guys do your rant this morning, and I'm probably just as uh, upset as everyone else there in Chicago, but as I was listening, continuing listening to you all, I started feeling happy for Justin Fields. That he's getting out of here? I feel like maybe he uh, he have an opportunity to go somewhere and get with a team that really know how to use his utilize his talent. What gets me every time or every morning that I listen to you guys is that I hear folks say, "Oh, I see C.J. Stroud. Oh, Patrick Mahomes." I don't think C.J. Stroud would be C.J. Stroud with the Bears, or Patrick Mahomes would be Patrick Mahomes with the Bears. Agreed. I know. I know we hate say the same thing, just like the caller uh, a little earlier was saying. We never had a, a quarterback. I agree. But I think we never took the time to find the right coaches to coach up the quarterback. Now, Hoodie, I love you, brother. I know that's being a Justin Fields apologist, but facts is facts. Like, like my friend um, Cap always says, facts is facts. So I, I, that's all I got this morning. I enjoy listening to you guys. We yeah, appreciate you. I need to see you on TV again, man. I'll be I'm, there. I'm down here in Tennessee, man. I miss you. You're the best. Thank you, Bernard, for the phone Love call. Love you. I want to try YouTube to look for David Kaplan. He's always there if you need him. There you go. And you can put that on your TV. By the way. 3-1, yes. Thinking of you yesterday, my wife and I and our friends are walking out of the stadium. Two, yeah. And there's probably, I'm going to say... 40 people in their freaking ugly green and gold overalls. Mm-hmm. Their cheese hats on. And they're chanting. And one guy's leading them like it's caroling at Christmas. Keep Justin Fields. Keep Justin Fields. I'm oh like, oh, God. God, here we go. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> because that's a, that's a clapback at Bears fans saying, we want Fields. Right. The last home game here. Correct. Someone knows what's going on around here. As we go to the car phone, here's Frank on ESPN 1000. Hello, Frank. Frank, hey! Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, listen, I just wanted to give you... There's a myriad of reasons why I think the entire coaching staff should be blown up. But here's two, and I'd love to get your comments on it. First and foremost, everybody talks about Iberflus and how great the defense has improved. Obviously, adding Montez Sweat made a huge difference. But I don't give a rip about their defensive numbers. Here's what stands out to me. Every time, when you look at their nine, was it nine losses? Every time that defense had to step up and make a stop in a key point in any of those games, whether it was early in the game or whether it was in the fourth quarter, they didn't. And that led to the losses. So in in my opinion, let's not confuse activity with accomplishment, okay? He didn't accomplish what he needed to accomplish. I don't care what the numbers say. That's number one. And number two, the reason why this whole group needs to go, 
is what offensive coordinator worth their grain of salt is going to want to come and be a coach for Eberflus in a lame duck year? It's, it, we're going down that same road. So the only two options I see is you keep everybody and fields and blow it up next year if it doesn't work out, or you've got to let everybody go. And I can't understand for the life of me why people keep saying keep Eberflus and change out the offensive coordinator. It just doesn't make any sense to me, fellas. Yeah. And uh, I'll hang up and listen. I'd love to get your thoughts. Frank, we appreciate your telephone call. We'll give you thoughts in two minutes as we move to Shot or No Shot on Chicago's Home for Sports.